This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, Adam and John here back with another episode of the Bullhunter Chronicles podcast. Um, we're just coming off the Total Archery Challenge uh, last weekend, and we've got uh, Uncle Frank here along with his son Chris um, in studio today uh, to talk a little bit about their perspective. I mean, Frank did it last year, but as we've talked about Chris um, before, kind of like a weekend warrior hunter, kind of you know shoots his bow a little bit during the year, but not not a ton. So. Um, I've had some people ask me or, or talk about wanting to do the total archery challenge, but how do you go into it? Gonna, you know, I've never shot my bow past say 30 yards or 40 yards. You know, what's the mindset like? So I thought uh, we'd get him on here because he's a funny dude, um, and, and uh, just to get a little bit of perspective for that. Um, what I want to talk about first, real quick, is we do have a giveaway going on. Um, when we were up at the Total Archery Challenge, we talked to uh, Jason Meekoff and the guys from the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and so they gave us um, two of the Yeti tumblers to give away. Uh, we had some shirts printed up, so we've got two of our shirts, and then uh, we're also getting um, two memberships for Backcountry Hunters and Anglers that we're giving away. We're giving away one on Facebook, one on Instagram, um, so just go to those sites, uh, Bowhunter Chronicles Podcast, check them out and uh, just follow the instructions. We're going to let that go till the end of the month, so you still got some time to get entered in there. Um, and, you know, you can tag as many people as you want to in it, and it'll give you uh, multiple chances to win. And then if you go on, um, you know, wherever you're listening to this at, um, you can also uh, leave us a review, send me a screenshot, and then you'll get an additional entry into that as well. Um, so please, please, please um, check that out. Um, we're trying to reach as many people as we can. Um, and, uh, that, that will help us do that. So, um, let's say, check that out. We've got that going on. And then we do have the June, uh, Bullhunter Box Club box here. 
Um, I brought it in for John to take a look at. I've already looked at it. I created an unboxing video, and uh, it's a pretty good box. It's got $85 worth of stuff, so I'm going to go ahead and let John open that up and kind of go through it and see uh, what, what what his take is on it. Um, there's something extra in it for me this month, and it just kind of tells you like how uh, good the the <laughs> Bullhunter Box Club people are. Uh, Jason over there does an incredible job. So what's in the box, John? All right. <clears throat> see well the first thing i see is some hair and body deodorant human scent control wash and it's made by scent shield i could use a little bit of this right now because i spent the day at the beach for father's day so uh and we got a hybrid light headlamp solar headlamp huh what's up with that how many lumens 75 lumens Pretty hopefully decent. you charge that in the day then <laughs> No, you charge it with your other headlamp. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch, it's dead. Oh, we got Outdoor Edge. We got the Zip Pro. This will be sweet for gutting it's out. It's some... a gutter. Yeah. It's a good knife. And then another Outdoor Edge. Oh, that that's the one that Jason just threw in there for me. So oh. there's there's a, well, <laughs> I mean, there's a, a handwritten note in there that says, hey, Adam, uh, this is going to be for your elk hunt. Couldn't get one of these in the box for you just yet. We're working on it. Um, so that wasn't in every box, but it's something that I've been talking to Jason about. And uh, he just threw it in the box because I was talking to him saying, hey, that would be a great addition to it. And so what what knife is that, John? You got it right in front of you. It's the razor light, right? Oh, yeah. So that's one of the replaceable blade um, knives that are kind of like all the rage right now. It's uh, Outdoor Edge's version of it. So Gerber makes one. And um, Havilon makes one. They make the Peranta. And uh, actually, um, uh, Bobby Boswell, Boudreaux Boswell, uh, I think it is on YouTube, uh, has a really good video out there. He does the podcast um, with uh, Garrett, the DIY sportsman. Uh, It's got five replacement blades with it. But he did a really good uh, video showcasing uh, the different versions that are out there and kind of the pluses and the minuses. Um, so cool. the Outdoor Edge one is the one that I think I, I like the best out of all of them. Um, and it seems to be as against them as I am um, because I want one tool. I don't want to, you know, if you mess up the blade and you only had one, you'd be in a bad way if that was your only knife. Um, but it seems to be what everyone is using for for hunting out west so i think um, too that's what was in there what you're talking about it's got a stiffer back to it that yeah it actually has a know, spine the spine is, yeah, is the really spine good. is different now does that actually come with uh can you get like serrated blades in it or maybe the gut hook or anything like that in it um that i don't believe so i think you only get the one option as far as the blades are concerned but um it may be something that they'll offer maybe going down forward. the road or... all right so that's not in this box but it was in my box, so thank you, Jason. Box, you know. So then we got Dark Mountain Kodiak. Uh, this is a energy, strength, performance, one serving. So a couple little packs. And you and guys were doing those up on the mountain. That that similar type of stuff. Dip, different, different stuff. Different company, but I mean, different, same stuff. You just mix it in with the water, right? While you're, uh, yeah, we had up right. there mountain ops had. Yeah. The Ignite, I think Ignite. it is. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a pre-workout, basically. Right. Electrolytes, man. They're huge. And then we got the Scent Tote made by Scent Lock. So it's a carbon absorber. So that's put... Odor-absorbing 
storage. You put that right in the bottom of your tote, you know. Or you or you can put it right in your boot I like guess. this. <laughs> and put and your then, then put in your it. arrows in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Frank, something I've picked up from Frank over the years is he puts all of his arrows in his boot. So the quiver goes in your boot. He's got a $200 SKB case where you can put everything in there, but the arrows go in your boot. And John thinks that that's not a good idea. <laughs> well, yeah, he's always told me that that's not a that's not a good thing. But I'm I'd rather be a good than lucky. We're lucky than good. <laughs> so yeah, it looks like a good box. I mean, that's a that's a great yeah. There's box. definitely so, some some useful stuff. I think the yeah. um, the that, Zip Pro Edge twenty seven dollar value. Uh, that, that that knife right there. I'll tell you what. That right there. Even without that other the other blade on it, you know, like the swing blade I got. But that one right there, I'll tell you what, any animal in North America, you, you can zip that animal within minutes, and you'll be happy with it. Believe me. Yeah, Up the legs, sweet. down the back, around the neck. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible tool. It really is. So that's $27 value. Right. Then you got the hybrid hand, uh, headlamp. That was $25 value. The scent lock absorber, that's a $20 value as well. And then the scent blocker hair and body deodorant, that was nine. And then those dark mountain energies were uh, four bucks. So so on the back of that thing, there's actually a coupon for the dark mountain, 30% off of that. And uh, I did some reading. I oh, went yeah. on their website to check it out. And uh, that, that Kodiak is supposed to be like one of the better pre-workouts. Um, it's got a ton of good reviews. So I'm pretty excited about checking it out. And it is the watermelon flavor. And I watched a bunch of the, I mean, uh, the hunting product guru Justin Wagner. Um, he does a lot of stuff with uh, Jason at the Bowhunter Box Club, and his Insta story is like every day, like every minute of his life, kind of go, goes through the whole thing. And um, he w- he did some reviews on that a while back, and I think the watermelon was the one that he liked um, for the Dark Mountain. So I'm I'm excited to try that. I mean, everyone that we've talked to, everything that I've read about. Being in the backcountry, they even at the total archery challenge, they're saying just put it right in your camelback, and you know it kind of helps you throughout the day. So the I'd only like to check that out. The only thing about that was I put I I put some in my Nalgene bottle, and it still kind of tastes like it. So yeah, I, and I, I've heard people say it before: is like uh, we only put water in our yeah. Nalgene bottles, and then yeah. just have a separate bottle for for mixing. You know, yeah, I, I, I ran into that when I was in the Marines doing Gatorade and stuff like that. My can water, and it, just do water or just do. And then you're also putting sugar in there, and especially if yeah. you're cleaning out the Camelback, it's like yeah, it's, you yeah. know you're you're creating a, a hot bed for bacteria um, in there. I but, did notice like the ignite. I got a little shaky with kind of. I mean, I think that. It could have been walking the mountain, though, too, with all of our gear on. But, but I, I definitely, there was a few times I got a little shaky. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's, let's kind of talk about that. So, so could, well, hold on. Been, uh, so how much, how much is the bow hunter box a month? Like it's it's uh, It was $40. I think he's upped it now. It's $45. And you can use our code Chronicles, and you get $10 off of that. So you right. could have got that same box for $35. $35. Bucks. That's, that's a deal. That's, that's actually a really good deal. Because, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of useful stuff just in this one. So, I mean, you know. Well, we we got over here and uh, John was working on some 3D arrows. And there's a, a Pine Ridge Archery arrow spinner on there. And 
Chris is spinning there. He's like, that's pretty neat. And I'm like, well, I got that in the box. Like, I got that <laughs> in one of the box, though. I, yeah. I could never do the trick. I'm not coordinated enough to do the trick on the fingernails where you can <laughs> just spin it. So that Yeah, it's nice. I use it quite often. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, John, John does all the arrow building, so I just brought it over here. I'm like, well, he's going to be using it way more well, than I'm going to get a chance. Around, once around in two generations. He's our, our, underpaid, <laughs> our underpaid Botac. <laughs> yeah. We pay him in podcasts, so it's... Uh, <laughs> podcasts and good times right so you know we had been talking about the uh, total archery challenge uh, john and frank did the whole thing last year um, and i was only able to go to the sat saturday and we shot one course and it took eight hours um oh but, long <laughs> but take uh last year when we had that when we did the prime course the sitka was in with it in with so, it right yeah, it i guess so, in there. so it technically but it wasn't 25 no it was, no, like it was 12, 12 or 15 12 courts 12 targets the first one was 25 stopped on six did the 12 come back to seven finished at 35 or whatever it was and so this year we all went up there me being able to do the whole thing the first time and then chris not uh being up there at all last year so kind of didn't know uh, what to expect. So Chris, from what, how we had talked about it and explained it, and I guess maybe go into a little bit of like your preparation going into this. Um, what, what was your experience like? I absolutely amazing for one. I had an absolute blast through the whole thing. It was, it was not only good to get out there and, you know, but the experience was amazing. I was so nervous going into it going man i i can't shoot these kind of yardages i there's no way so but beforehand you know never actually really you know not wanting to take an animal over 30 yards and then just one day saying hey i'm gonna try shooting at 50 you know and then all of a sudden realizing that wow i can actually shoot an arrow to 50 yards let's stretch it out a little further so and with my equipment I wasn't capable of still shooting out to a hundred. And so, what what is it that you're shooting? So, I I I'm shooting a Fredbear the code, and and you know it's probably ten years old. You know, maybe even a little more. I I can't remember exactly what year I bought it, but you know I so I do not have the high tech stuff that everybody else has. So, in a way, I felt underarmed almost going up there already. What are you shooting for poundage? Like sixty? Right? I'm only shooting sixty pounds. Sixty pounds. And nowhere near the feet per second of what you guys are shooting or anything like that. But it doesn't matter. Like when you get up there, I mean, sure, the any of the targets that were over 75, which there's a, there's quite a few of them out there that are 100 plus that it's intimidating. But, you know, it, that's that's kind of the fun of it, too, because you're not actually shooting at a live animal. So you're not worried about, hey, I don't want to wound this animal at that. I would never take that shot on an actual animal. But knowing that it's just for fun. I mean, it, it, it was an absolute blast. Just an amazing experience to go through, and I cannot wait to go to it next year again. Yeah, I think I'm a little scared because Chris shot <laughs> his balls off, really. I mean, <laughs> I was amazed at how well. I mean, we what, what was it, a week a week before we went up? He yeah. came up. I had built the arrows, you know, right. prior to that, and we pulled his bow out, and I'm like, well, it's pretty ill-fitting. It's about two and a half inches too long of a draw length. But I'm like, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're just going to we're gonna tune it. I put in a new peep sight. We got rid of the old, the Hunter one with the tube. 
I think that helped out tremendously. Oh yeah, that was great, a great deal. And but then, your form is really good, though. So then we just, I'm like, well, we'll just set it up and we'll say, you know, get it sighted in at 20, 40, and then we'll see what your max yardage is. And after that, I mean, I think what we got, like 63 or 60, uh, 60 right around. Yeah, 65. So se- 70 was money. I mean, that's what we're, you know, if he, if he was shooting 70 yards, that's money. So and we watched the arrows. Uh, it's like, it sounded like, like a it sounded like an old bass cello. <laughs> Everybody knew when I was shooting, but with that arrow, man, true. This is straight and true, right to the target. Yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's that's the other part about it is is you got to go back to the basics of shooting. Also, still, you know, it's it's just it's amplified. You know, if you move a little bit at twenty. Oh, at yeah. 60, that's going to be way more than two inches, exactly. you know, that you were exactly. moving at 20. So, and it, it all comes down to the basics, you know. So, yeah. So, for next year, we're going to we're gonna build Chris a new bow. And right. We're going to get him all set up, and he'll probably be whooping my ass, so. Well, and that's one of the things. Well, I know he's going to whip mine, I'll tell I, you that. I feel like we, we talked about it, I think, every time we talk about Chris on the podcast, and it's really cool to have him here to actually defend himself, I guess, but it's, it's like, he's like really passionate about it. He's just not motivated, I think is the best, kind of the best way to do it. And I think what happened even for me last year was like, when you start to stretch those shots out and yeah, they don't count for anything. And there is a, a school of people. And I think, I think even maybe a little bit last year, Chris was in that camp of like, why would you ever need to shoot out that far? You know, what's the deal? But as soon as you do, it it kind of like, it amplifies everything, not only like, you know, all of your mistakes, but it also, I think, kind of makes you refocus on what you're doing and kind of like, kind of, you have to be zoned in on every shot. And the more that you create that process, I mean, you have to have that process. We talked about it with Walt and, and that actual, like, you know, just going through the shot process where it should be second nature. It has to be dead on, you know, at 100. So with Chris, where it was like, we'll get the bow out, we'll dust it off, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, we built him a dozen arrows because he was, like, dead set he was going to lose them all. And I think he only... I lost two arrows. Yeah, I think you were the came out well, ahead. I was. I'm down five arrows. Actually, you know? I think the one was 92 yards yeah. that I lost the yeah. one on, and the other one was 125 well, you, you or something. You aimed a little high at that one. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, that's but, the one that we were looking. We were, we're, we're looking in the binoculars, and it never even came in. Never. Even, even, well, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, I airmailed like, it a little. It was a little high. You know, but but capability is is like okay. Here's a here's a bow that's 10 years old. And you know, and somebody that doesn't shoot a lot, and I, I, he's like his form was rock hard. He was putting him in there. He beat me. You know. The other thing about it is too is you realize the mistake you made right after your shot. I mean, and that's what you know. Before I'd be like, man, was it the ball? Was it me? Was it this? No. After shooting and getting more confidence and more confidence, I could tell the mistake that I made while shooting. So that's you, that's you another can. big up. You know that I got out of the whole experience. Yeah. The confidence builder was really, really there. Like, and but do you feel more excited about 
shooting your bow or one hundred percent. You're already absolutely. looking at getting new bows and absolutely. Then a whole bunch of texts from Chris like, "What bow do you have? What you know? What do you think about this?" Like, oh, it's like a shot in the arm, man. You just want to, you know, it's it's like a drug. It's, when you it's walk out like there anything. on that practice range, you look up that mountain, and all them targets are up there. You go like, well, "Ooh, that, that my uh, <laughs> my conditioning was definitely not not up to par yet either." Mine and, either. And, well, Mine that, either. that was going to be my next question or kind of something I want to talk about is like. Last year, having not shot the course, but just the one day, it was a long day. And I, I was up there partying with my wife and my friends in Traverse City. So I came over and I was hungover. It was 90 degrees. Then he partied with us. And then, and it was just, <laughs> I didn't get a good gauge on like how I felt after it because we waited for so long for each target and everything and they did a, a really good job i didn't really know how it was going to go this year they had um knock times and so what that was is it wasn't like uh as anal as like say a golf tee time because i thought well you know i was talking to people on social media i was talking to people Shotgun when we starts. got up there and they were saying well my my knock time's at 10 on friday and i'm like well we have 10 people already there like right. how's that gonna work but it was different courses and it was just that's when you got to ride the lift up and then they did a good job of separating you on the lift so there was a little bit of space in there but i do think i do think if they if they wanted to minimize congestion they could do it like a shotgun start put people up on each target just like a golf tournament but the problem know, is on a golf course you can horn. drive to each hole well on on this course, you're you're getting put up here, and then you have to make your way through the course. Through oh, the whole thing. but I'm just saying, though, if they blow the horn, you know, you shoot your shot, you know, then you go to the next target. You know what I mean? So it 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 can be possible, but it worked out good though. I mean, the it way was they all did right it, this year. It was a lot better. This yeah, year we than so we, we shot the the two courses the day that I was there, which was. You know, 37, 40 targets, somewhere in that range. Last year. Last year, excuse me. Right. And it took eight hours. <laughs> I, there was water on the course, but I had no food. I had, you know, like I said, I was hungover. I didn't really know what to expect. <laughs> and it was an amazing experience, but I was just completely whooped. And I think the longest course, as far as time frame that we had this Long year, was... Out. The first day. Yeah, the first prime. day when we yeah. shot the prime. Yeah. And that was maybe four and a half hours, yeah. something right like that. Four and a half. We started at 10 and got done sometime around 2, 2.30. Yeah. So we, and we did not shoot a second course that day. No, because we that was the day we volunteered up at the backcountry. Right. Yeah. So, and I think also, I don't know how much of it was like the podcast or how much of it was um, actually just being there the whole time and, and seeing everything that there was. So I didn't last year, I didn't even realize all of the booths that were there or anything that was going on. You know, we did Night that life too. You that, know. <laughs> yeah. The backcountry hunters and anglers thing, you know, we volunteered at their booth and, um, you know, recorded a podcast with Jason. Um, but I actually got to hang out and talk to people that were there. So last year, I mean, was there any of that, that you guys did? Not really. We, you know, we weren't as close uh, last year as we were this year i mean we went and looked at some of the booths and stuff i think there was a few more of this booths this year than there were last year but yeah this year we got to hang out with our condo was just you know right down around the corner and so it was 
much more enjoyable this year. I, you know, we oh, met yeah. a ton of ton awesome of different people. people. You know, like especially we did the, the guys from Wisconsin and stuff. You know, yeah, we did the hike to hunt thing in the morning, and you know what? There, I think there were seven or eight of us, but all those people. You know, Adam got up, come walking through, and he's like, he had his pack. I'm like, you bring in your bow. He's like, yeah. So all right, well, you know, I put my I get up there, and everyone had their bows. You know. Yeah, and what's funny about that is there were not that many people, um, but I have been in touch with every single person that was on that hike um, through social media, with the exception of the kid that worked at Boyne. Okay, yeah. So, but every single one of them I've talked to, um, and they're like, "Oh, he just we didn't because I I don't know it's maybe something that we're bad at or um, I don't I don't really know, but we weren't out there saying." Hey, we have a podcast. Hey, we have a podcast. Hey, we have a podcast. We were just out there doing our thing and meeting people and just having conversations, you know. So, um, the, the one, the one couple that we talked to, he messaged me and he's like, "Hey, I recognize those guys." <laughs> and then he said he heard the podcast and, you know, he's like, "I was listening to your, you guys talk about going to Idaho and it's got me pumped up for our trip," you know. And so it's it was just the Jason had said on the um, the podcast with the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers how it's like a family. Well, that was an event put on by the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and everybody was in the same boat. I mean, when we got down, you know, we, it was like, where are you hunting this year? What's going on? What are you training for? What? Where have you guys been? What are you doing? You know, this is, you know, don't do this, do this. Yeah. Um, and so it was really great to actually talk to people that were, Again, it kind of comes into like the Western hunting type thing, but you know, with whitetails, nobody wants to help you out. Nobody wants to, you know, offer up anything. But as far as like the Western hunting, I mean, everybody's super interested in what you're doing, want to help, and um, with all the gear too. I mean, they're talking about, oh, I see this, I see this, and we, we you know, we talk bows and building arrows and 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 everything um, surrounding that. But so, Chris. You know, you know, John and I, we had all of our stuff on, um, but when I got there last year, I was like, why in the hell are all these people so dressed up, like, in all of their gear? So Backpacks. Wh- and stuff. Wh- what did you think about that? Now, it, watching you guys get ready, and I knew you guys were also going on the trip, and you were preparing for this. So for me, it, it really, I didn't even bat an eye at it, thinking, now, if I wouldn't have known that you guys were going out to... Uh, to Idaho and everything else, I'm like, same thing. I'd have been like, well, these these guys are retarded, man. I ain't walking up this mountain <laughs> like that. Like, no way. But, I mean, on the other hand, I could totally see, and then after doing it and the endurance part of it, it I mean, it's, it's going to be the closest thing you're going to get around here to trying to fit yourself to that terrain out there. And even then, you're still not going to be at the, you know, elevation. The, the elevation that you're going to be at out there. So, I mean, you guys should have been like, trying to suffocate yourself half the way through. I mean, I was I was going to give you some pointers, but you guys look like you were doing all right anyway. So, I mean, so I, I just held back. It was, it was still pretty tough, though. Oh, it was, yeah. You know, the older you get, you know, and I'm, I'm 65, you know. I try to keep up with all these young guys, you know. And I'm a little overweight, and, I, and I'm not going to lie. I, and I get to the top of the hill, and Adam going, are you Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, there was a little uh, scheduling snafu. So on on Saturday, uh, 
Chris didn't have a wristband to shoot, so Frank so graciously <laughs> gave his uh, to Chris, so Chris could shoot on his birthday, but... I don't think that that hurt Frank's feelings. No, I don't know if it was as much of a birthday present or as if it was, uh, yeah, sure, you know, you can uh, shoot for me, you know, I'd, I'd rather give it up, you know, and I, I think he was definitely feeling it from the first day. You guys sure. love me. You know? hey. <laughs> yeah, but we got out and we shot the Sika course after right, that, right. that afternoon, which was another, I mean, so that was cool. They, it was, you know, I just, I just, I know it, it is, when they call it a challenge, it's a challenge. It is. It's no BS, you know. Did you have your foot on the cone every shot? Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, you know. These guys that put their foot, their cone on their foot, their foot on the cone or whatever, nah, I ain't there. Yeah, so let's yeah. talk about uh, target placement. So that was <laughs> that was one thing that I did not um, notice at all last year. So last year. This year was a lot. There was different. long shots, and there was like maybe one or two. Where if you missed, you were going to hit a tree. Like if you missed the animal, there was a tree directly behind it. This year, there was this buck eating an apple, just to give you an example, at somewhere between 90 and 100 yards. 105. Uphill. (laughs) And there was a brush pile in front of it. Right. Like a literal brush pile. (laughs) So the target placement this year was, uh, I mean, you shot the whole thing. so It was very questionable. (laughs) Yeah, last I mean, year there know, was there wasn't. You know, we're all we're all ethical hunters. And you you look at a you look at a situation. Am I going to take that shot, or am I not going to take that shot? And then Ernie drills two maple trees on one shot. One maple, one this maple guy, tree, two shots. But he's right. he's like he's a dead. He's dead on. You oh, know? That was a. That was a twenty-yard shot. Too. Yeah, yeah. twenty-yard shot downhill, and you couldn't even. It was behind right. a tree, and the and I hit it. You hit it. The leaves know? were around it. You and, couldn't. And the the boar at seventy-five with the the dead branch stuck in the middle of the vitals. Right. Like, I mean, right. I get how you want to stick brush around something or anything else, you but when you're covering up a two-inch twelve ring, right, with an inch and a half stick, I mean that at seventy-five <laughs> yards downhill. I mean that's that's. But you have, to, you have to take well, it into you, consideration. You drilled the stick. I did. I smoked it. <laughs> <You have> to, <laughs> See, if you wouldn't have hit the stick, you would have hit a 12 ring. <laughs> we're not We're not shooting 12 rings every time. We're shooting to kill the animal. You know what I mean? That's That was our, you know, our goal, I guess, you know. That's my goal anyways, you know. I think for the most part it was hit foam. Oh, well, foam, hey, foam is. I might your not have friend. scored. They always said foam. I might not have scored friend. extremely high, but I wounded a lot of animals. I wounded well, a lot I'm, of foam I'm just animals. Saying, I'm just saying, well, you can hit that foam. Hey, you've done your job. Well, the thing also I didn't care for was the, uh, like how you guys would be hitting targets and still ruining arrows. Oh yeah, that, right. That I mean, you can't get uh, away that, from that. I mean, the answer uh, to that is to hit them in the insert. But yeah, I mean, I. When you're only I'm like down, an inch and a half above the vitals and I'm, you're hitting them in the... You had a lot of iron in them. I lost two arrows, uh, one on a bow malfunction and uh, one on a uh, 105-yard ram that I posted a picture on social media where I said 100-yard shots aren't for everyone. John's got it right in there. Mine's sticking in the back almost straight up. Chris oh, is I, I somewhere near there. Chris, uh, Frank's got him in the horn, uh, but my first <laughs> shot was, was well... Uh, well, well, that well was over. the other arrow I lost. That was that was the one. Yeah, that was the one. But well, then exactly. I shot the lion at 100 yards on the practice range. 
and uh, hit the insert and just destroyed my tip. Did that on a Barrel. buck at 30 yards. And then there was another one where, I mean, and it's it sucks because you're, you're just a little bit off and I can see you, you like, can hear it. I right. Mean, I can see like when you hit the leg and you hit yeah. the upright strut yeah. or, you know, but yeah, there's some on those big targets, you know, I guess they have to put struts in there to keep them rigid. But, and for the most part, those are built for like 3d course where you're shooting like max 50 yards. And so you're going to, most of the time you're going to be in that insert, but yeah, when it's an inch above that insert and you hit that strut and you hear that and there goes a $20 arrow. That's oh, I broke three arrows doing that. Oh, I remember the, uh, the first day that we were practicing. I'm already intimidated going, man, I can't shoot that far and everything else. And then I walk up there and here's Johnny all tuned in to shoot up to 130 plus or whatever. And he shoot, you shot the Buffalo, I think, right mm-hmm. in the leg. Right. And, and messed your arrow right up and everything else. And I was like, well, I mean, glad I didn't want to try to shoot 100 yards, you know, and try to ruin, <laughs> you know, ruin an buffalo. arrow or whatever. Yeah, that was that was like just below. It was right behind the leg, yeah, just yeah. below the insert. Right. And it hit that that strut well, they, put that They put that re-rod in there to form them targets. I guess yeah, that whatever was, it is. that was the one plus of having a bow that was tuned down way more than <laughs> your guys' is, is mine wouldn't even go in far enough to hit the insert. Well, John, did you learn anything about equipment, uh, about arrow building or anything for this? Because I can tell you what I learned from your shooting. My arrows penetrate like a... Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so John, John built those beautiful... Uh, knock on red, white, and blue, little tiny fletch, six yeah. fletch arrows. They flew like darts. They're 500 and some grains or whatever. 560. And if you shoot them into a ski hill that's <laughs> all moist and foamy, they're, they're gone. gone. <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, I lost three like that. I mean, I had, there's this, these giant three and a half, three and three quarter inch neon red veins and you could see them for miles yeah we could see yours you know from the 100 yards oh you're out you're right underneath it mine Mm -hmm. disappeared nope and they were shooting almost into the fletching every time and so they're great for hunting and it's you know we're using our hunting setups right but yeah for 3d shoot to do it again horrible well like last year like i said last year i shot my double xl and then i End up going with uh, a lighter setup with the, uh, I was shooting um, the Carbon Express, the Blue RZs, the Selects. And super, those were flying super fast. But this year I wanted to try out, you know, my hunting gear. And, I mean, we had my shot the whole course, you know, all three courses with with our hunting setup. We had our packs on our back you know bino harness uh quivers on our bow just like in full arrows so just like how we're gonna hunt and so i wanted to shoot and just get a feel on how those arrows are gonna fly for 50 or 60 yard shot because that's gonna be that was gonna be a determining factor on my range effective range for out west and i tell you what those arrows will definitely kill them out they hit like a tank (laughs) I remember just trying, like, trying to go up there and pull everybody's arrow out. Here I am, and I get to Johnny's, and I'm like, "I, uh, that's y'all, you, man." Like, I couldn't even get it out of the phone target. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of good and bad, right? So you could have done that one day. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, I, I set up that bow, and it was shooting so good. I was, well, take that back. The second day, I was, once I figured out, I don't know, something happened, to just the heat or, the, or shooting so much, my sight tape was off by 10%. So that's where I lost, I lost an arrow on that one fox, one underneath it, and then it was like, then I shot two underneath that boar just after that when I almost ground tuned my bow. Oh, yeah. He he almost hit Chris with it. I he, thought I was going to be eating it. He was going to hammer throw that <laughs> RX-1. I tightened up, not going to lie. But no, I, I didn't. I, I lost my temper a little bit. But then once I started adding 10% to my tape, then I was back in the foam again. So, In another way, too, you don't want to try to practice with this gear and then go out west with something totally different. Exactly. You know what I mean? So Right. So as soon as I got home, my RX-1's set up still. That's the way it's – I'm not changing anything on that. I'll double-check my tapes, uh, retune it. I'm going to build – finish building a set of string cables for it. Um, But my double XL now is – I'm in the process of swapping over to the the, uh, SuperDrive 23s to shoot some 3D tournaments. So what what does this tell the average guy? For for the average guy who's just gonna say, "Hey, I heard about this total archery challenge type thing," I think Chris is probably the best one to answer that. Absolutely, I mean, we're, absolutely, we're so far down this rabbit hole that it's there's no coming back. You know, I mean, I, I could look at everybody's bow set up out there and be like, "Oh, you know, that's what this is. That's what this is." And what's funny is there is a the group that was with us that was shooting right behind us. There was a guy about Frank's age. Uh, shooting a bow the same era as Chris's. And the one thing that was unmistakable is when those bows went off, the tune of the bow, the sound was like drop D. It was like... Well, I give, I give the dude uh, the sight the week before. He stopped at our house, night of the fish fry. And I give him the, I give him the bow or the, the sight and said, here, put on your bow. You know, well, I've never shot over this distance, you know. Well, put it on, shoot it in. You're going up there next week, you know. So he did. He did really good. So, Chris, for the average guy who, like, hears about this or, I mean, you've, you've had to have had this conversation with uh, people that you've run into where you say, I'm going to the Total Archer Challenge. Your answer would have been before, you know, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Absolutely. You know, what's your, what's your take on it for, you know, uh, going Eddie, forward? It, it, I would advise you to do it still. Like, anybody should do it. Like, if you want to have fun and shoot archery, you're not going to be able to hit. If you don't, you know, if you're not tuned in for 125 yards, that's fine. Like like I said, you're not really shooting animals at 125 yards. But now, like, I usually used to get really frustrated. Like, I mean, trying to do anything, trying to play golf, trying to do anything, you, you get so frustrated at it. But you have to just, just let that part go and say, hey, I don't have the top of the line equipment and everything else. But, yeah. I still shot really good out there, so I would advise anybody to still do it. I, I watched people going up there with longbows, you know, and everything else. So, I mean, it's like you don't need the top-of-the-line stuff no. to actually have a, a good time and everything else. No, um, absolutely not. I mean, like I said, you shot. There's, you there's, there's quite a few targets where, oh, score it, 12 for Chris, 5 right. for us. Right. You know? <laughs> as, as to never shooting over 30 or 40 yards. I was amazed at the 50 and 60 yard shots that I was still putting right in there. Like right. it, it, it actually is a huge confidence builder to somebody that doesn't normally shoot as much or anything like that. Well, your form, your form is 
rock solid. Right. Well, I mean, and, and it comes down to that still, and, too. And, and everybody's form can be like that. Not just yours, but I mean, absolutely. yours, you were, you were shooting up to 70. I mean, it was like he dialed in. And, bam, and it actually is going to push me for one. I'm, I'm going to buy a better setup and, and you know, upgrade, but right. it, it, I'm going to shoot a lot more before next year anyway, too. So it, it it's getting me into the, the groove again to want to shoot a lot more. It's making it fun. You know what I mean? What, what about the uh, the fitness aspect of it or the challenge aspect of it? Or maybe for you, the amount of drinking aspect of it? Well, it was my birthday, and uh, <laughs> it did get a little hairy there for uh, the the next day after my birthday. I'm not going to lie. Um, the three but wise I, men? I still, yeah. <laughs> If them guys from Wisconsin are listening, thank you But <laughs> for the birthday shot. But anyways, like I am nowhere near in shape of anybody. You know, it's, it's I don't work out. I'm I'm you know, I'm overweight, everything else. And really, the worst part about it between there was a few targets that I was breathing kind of heavy getting to. But other than that, my calves were on fire for probably two days afterwards and the whole time. But it. It was never at one point to where, man, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, it was like, man, I just oh, want to yeah. see what the next target looks like. Like, what what are we getting into on this next one? <laughs> and it's just crazy how you can go from shooting a buffalo at 120 yards to shooting a partridge in the woods. You know, everything else, the the variety of targets was, you know, they do pretty good at that, too. Like, it's never boring, I guess. So so looking at it, I mean, from my perspective last year to this year, um, they the course was much more challenging this year as far as the target placement Tight, tightness it was it was much more challenging and you know I've, as some guys on the course pointed out well they call it the challenge well oh. yeah I, I get it um but you they know, also did that that adding the knock times set things in motion so much better there was a like I think it was the second day when we ran into the group. Yes. Now, here's the thing. If you guys are going to go out there, anyone listening that's going to go to these this challenge anywhere around the country, if you guys, if like we had a group of two in front of us, and then in front of them there was a group of six or five. I think there was only supposed to be five, but I think there were six yeah, guys five. in that group. And they would not let the, the group of two pass. So – and then we had a group of two behind us, so we let those guys, you know, it's like, hey, let them pass through. You're only holding, you know, you're holding everyone up. And that group in front of us that was so slow of the six, they were so slow that they knew they were slow. The woman in their group had a chair that she set up and just sat down on. Right. And not only that, they would sit, they'd pull their arrows. Score their And then sit there score. and talk and score, you know, right down their you need scores. To, you need to. Right Pull in front of the target. Leave. The courtesy part has got to right. be there. Everybody's exactly. got to be on the same page. Yeah. You know? For the most part, most of the people that we ran Absolutely. into were like, hey, you guys want to go ahead of us? Go ahead. So like the, the, the group of two in front of us, they end up just shooting like two or three arrows at each target just because they had time. They're like, well, I will just fling some more arrows. And honestly, that was one of the things. I mean, granted, yeah, we talked about at the BHA thing, but I didn't run into a single person that wasn't like, happy to be there, excited. I mean, it was probably one of the more positive places that I've ever, ever been. There was no drama. There was no exactly. anything. They yeah, had we, some really good giveaways, too, and everything else. Like, like I mean, a lot of the booths and everything else. I mean, it's not like they're just giving away T-shirts and stuff. You know, they're giving away eight, $900 bows. They're giving away, you know, $1,000 Bronco boxes or whatever. You know, it was 
Mystery Ranch Pack, yeah. So, John, I've had some some questions here um, about what happened with shooting for the truck. So, how did that go? Because you shot for the truck after I left, and I... So, let's talk about the weather during our time and and all that. Well, I'll just say I didn't, didn't even come close, because... For one, I waited till the last day. The first day we shot that first course, and I mean, it was it was pretty grueling. Uh, we went and we did the volunteer thing, and then I actually went and grabbed both my bows, went up to the practice range. But I was like, I mean, I was whipped, man. I was I was shaking. I could not hold on the target. So I'm like, matter of fact, I shot for the 60 yard, and I couldn't even put it in the 10 ring, which is horrible. <laughs> I mean, come on, the 10 ring. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna wait. Well then. Saturday we shot, we ended up shooting two courses. So we shot Mountain Ops and we shot Sitka. So same thing there, you know, after shooting two full courses and walking, you know, as close to seven miles. And that was the BHA after party then, so we had to rush back and get some beer. Right. So, yeah, we actually went right from the course right to the BHA party and got our our mugs and I grabbed a beer and then went, went back, took a shower and came back. So... I waited till Sunday. I'm like, well, Sunday we're going to shoot the locals course, which is the shortest course. It's It was pretty steep and stuff, but short shots. And I was actually feeling really good after that, but it was so damn windy. I'm, I could not hold my RX-1 steady at all. I mean, it was literally right to left, you know, off the target both, both ways. So I grabbed my double XL, which is heavier, and I'm like, well, I got to do it, so. I think I hit, hit him in the, the back leg. I hit him in the front shoulder, put one on the top of his back. Then I put a couple underneath his, you know, legs. But At 111 yards, though, right? Yeah, it was 111. But I, I shoot that in my yard all the time, you know. And it's like I've, I've, I'm pretty – I'm upset at my uh, performance there. I've, I hope I don't let – I hope I didn't let too many people down. Because <laughs> you I'm know like, what they say, I though. see his, you know – posted adam posted a picture i had three arrows right in the top of the bag when i was finishing up my sight tape before we left and i mean they were all within four inches and they were right in the top of the bag but like i said i was still getting my sight i had to actually stand six feet out into the my road you know wait for cars to go by and then stand out in the middle of the road to to get my 111 yards because i'm out of room i can't go up the hill any farther but so yeah it didn't work out very well now just uh, just on a off chance did you range it also with your rangefinder verify yes i did okay yeah so it was 100 it was actually from where the way they had the cones set up it was right on the edge of the blacktop and the cones were like a foot over into the grass so if you stood there it was like 111.8 or something but when i tried standing there the footing was way off here i was you know couldn't get couldn't get steady, especially with the wind. So I'd step back, and I just adjusted my tape a little bit. But it didn't matter. I so, could have had it. So when it. you were shooting, um, had anybody from Michigan hit it? Yes, three people had hit it prior to me. I mean, and I'm pretty sure it was the, this for the truck, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So up until up until Michigan, they had 11, 11 people in the drawing, and then then three more from Michigan. So so they're going to give the truck away this year. Yes. Yeah, it's for sure giveaway. So yeah, I I failed miserably. <laughs> well, <laughs> you should have shot it because you were shooting I, great. You know, in that the only thing that was holding me back from doing it because we got off the local course and I was 
we were out there and John walked right over to the practice course and was shooting and we were both shooting at this elk at 90 because my sight would only go to 100. My tape, I, I didn't I didn't set a tape for 111 because, I mean, frankly, I don't think that I shoot that well. Like, to be able to, I mean, to spot it at 111 is like, well. But, I mean, I had three, I 12, I 12 the elk at, at 90. And I had two more, one in the 10 and one, like, just forward. So it was just left and right was off. My tape was dead on. And that was in the wind. And too. that was in the wind, too. Dick. Um, but... <laughs> But they didn't have a target out to 111 or out. They didn't have anything out past 100. 100. Yeah, that was so the, uh, the line. The, lion, the which... line was at 100, and I found out the hard way I could hit it. So right. wrecking arrows. So, but I didn't have anything to, you know. So, at however many dollars a shot, yeah. just to try and dial it up and figure it out, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared for it. But yeah, after I shot those three arrows and put them, I mean, right, correct height. In the one, I think it was the first shot. I twelved it, and I was like, "It's there." Yeah, but yeah, I just wasn't happening. But that bow that I've got, for whatever reason, with the with the quiver on there, I wasn't feeling the wind. Like I didn't have, it wasn't blowing around, and that bow's super light. So well, it's it must just be something way that I mean, it is. Well, we don't. Have yeah, it's at my, it's at my house but, for a change. <laughs> but yeah, it my bow. That's one thing I did find out. You know the hard way. It was. It's like a sail, and I even took my quiver off, so I didn't even have my extra arrows on. Maybe that would have helped with a little bit extra weight. But then after you left, we went and shot the locals' course again, and there was. I mean, it was the wind was whipping up through there, coming down some of them, them ski trails, like just an alley. To sh- and there was there was a few times where I'd you know draw back and I'd have to let down because literally it was from left to right. I mean, I told Ernie, I'm like. Well, it's either it could have been off either way, you know. I just happened to, and he still scored higher the second time he shot it. Yeah, I ended up I shot real well the second round. I mean, but granted, you shot it before that too, right? So. But it was just I had figured out my tape, you know, right on. I, I think I only had like two fives in that round. Well, I think Chris talked about it, and you know, I, I see it with your shooting indoor, but. Chris was saying how he used to get really frustrated and all this stuff. Like, you get inside of your own head, and like, oh. you can just tell when it's like, oh, yeah. when it's over. Flipping a switch. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not out there competing against anybody really. So it's like I either messed it up or whatever. I mean, I get frustrated, but it's, I guess it's like you know, you you hear them, and I guess this would only uh, be relevant to target shooting. Because with uh, deer hunting, like, or totally like it's totally different. Like, every totally. shot is, like, uh, it weighs on my mind, like, so heavily. But when I shoot targets, it's like they talk about, like, batters in the batter's box and why they have this routine. It's because every pitch is a new pitch. It doesn't matter if you struck out last time, you hit that one foul, you missed. Like, you just have to reset. And so, for me, every target is, like, going back in and then, okay, anchor under my jaw. Level the bubble, eclipse the peep, you know, find you the do, spot. You can do then, all of those things, you know. Um, I shot target archery for years, you know. Shooting meat's a whole different deal. Just telling, you know. Well, not only that. It's, I shoot meat a lot better than I shoot targets. Way better. But it's like 
I don't think you scrutinize things so much, you know what I mean? Deer comes in, you know what I mean? Pick a spot, shoot, draw your bow, shoot. The adrenaline factor is also right. a lot different. Well, that, yeah. Getting that's arrow there. in them. It's that's a there. lot, it's a lot you know? different. Get, yeah, getting arrow in them. No, well, the other thing, too, is which was a great thing about this, this challenge was it definitely put the conditioning factor in perspective. Because, oh, you know, yeah. like, we're, we had – I probably had maybe 15, maybe close to 20 pounds with the water. And I had my uh, bladder in there, some extra bottles of water, some extra clothes, some food. And then going up and down them hills. And I could definitely, I would, I was getting shaky, you know. And where, shoot, on the Sitka course, you were running up them freaking hills. It's like, well. Pulling arrows and stuff. Definitely. Yeah. You're definitely a step above me in the conditioning. You can run and all that. I, But, yeah, so that, that definitely was a factor in it and oh yeah and yeah i i'm probably my biggest critic like because i know i know how i can shoot i'm not saying i'm some pro target archer but i know i can shoot pretty well even like i went and shot the 3d course you know at the at the club before we left and i shot i wish i would have scored those because it would have been a super high score probably one of my personal best but I was so focused on my gear, like, okay, I know my tape's on, I have my confidence up, and I was just going through, and I was by myself, and I was just going through the motions, but then when you get in the group setting, and and the conditioning factor going up and down those hills, and there, I mean, there was definitely some times where I was huffing and puffing. Guys cracking jokes behind you. Yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) But, but, But Chris will attest to this. Your equipment doesn't have to be... Oh, I'll I'll attest you that know, too. You don't have to have I the guess, top line bow. You know, you you're hundred yards. Top. You know, you're even for me. My the eighty yards plus was it was too much for me to right. actually accurately be able to consistently shoot that much. And that's what really intimidated me when we first got to the club and we set my bow up. You guys, like you went right to eighty yards and you're shooting eighty yards. I'm like, well, I'll be down here at the thirty yard range for a little while. You know, trying to dial stuff in, but. But well, even then, like a few arrows, I was already starting to dial stuff in. Boom, I'd move up to 40. No, dial it in, move 50, up to 50. Right. right. And that's, was, that's the confidence builder that you get right. when you when you set you up a bow. You have to have confidence in that equipment, you know, 100%. Well, and that's the, 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 the real thing about the any, anything having to do with archery, and whether it's hunting or anything, is it ends up being confidence in your equipment. Mm-hmm. So now I would say after this weekend – you know exactly what your bow is capable of. Absolutely. And you knew exactly. you could you could say, okay, inside of 65, you were going to be right there. Past that, it was kind of thumb in the wind and we we're going to be pretty close. And that's kind of like all you can ask for because I guess like you said and what, what John was saying as well is once you know your equipment, it ends up being are you taking the steps right. that you need to do. Because it's it's that's what it's going to end up, you know. And one of the hardest things, like I said, I wasn't. I, well, we, we I, have we have the technology. The technology is here. As far as just like you guys, you know, if we're going to shoot a hundred yards, I can shoot a hundred yards on my bow. My bow is what five, six, seven years old. I'm only shooting fifty-two pounds, but my bow shoots a hundred yards. You know, so you just have to dial that sight in. That's all there is to it. So I guess, like, to kind of close this out, I guess, kind of we'll go around and just figure out what did you take away from this weekend 
shooting the tar- total archery challenge for like yourself personally, as far as your shooting and things you need to work on or whatever. So, um, you know, for, for me, it was a really good indicator of like a fitness for us going out West. I got done. The only thing that was really bothered me and we shot it with all of our gear on was like, I got one knee that's kind of like it's, it's been suspect. So I'm going to have to kind of watch that. And, uh, my lower back with the, I, and I don't know what it was if it, cause it wasn't the weight. I don't know if it was like the up and down or, or whatever it was, but as far as is shooting, it comes down to knowing your equipment and making a good shot. One thing that I learned, you know, I, I said I wasn't fighting the wind. One thing that I was having a problem with, and I thought it was the wind, but I, I, I just couldn't figure out why I couldn't level my bubble. And it was kind of like the whole, the, the happy Gilmore, well, and it's sloping slightly left. And he says, well, no, it's because you only have one shoe on. Well, we're, <laughs> I know we're shooting, and I'm, I'm thinking of everything on like a perpendicular level type plane, point. but we were on a big old angle so leveling that bubble you know i was holding my bow perpendicular to my body but my body wasn't perpendicular to the target and so i had to right you know make that bubble level and that's something i think without getting out there and doing something like this and then actually kind of focusing on all of the all of the things so for us going out west that's going to be a big big deal because that can you know throw the shot off one way or another depending on if it's uphill or you know that's i believe that whole third axis type thing that you're that that we talk about um but yeah that was that was my takeaway is that you know i'm i'm as far as fitness goes i'm i'm on the right track there's some things that i need to work on and then the the things as far as shooting is I, i need to get out more into some of those more difficult shots and you know there were times and you know frank was talking about you know having your foot on the cone and shooting from because the cones were set up in such a way that if you shot from this cone you were shooting through some branches or over something or or under something or around something and you could go six feet one way or the other and it was wide open um but there are also a lot of shots where you know i was shooting from i shot from the kneeling i shot you know, kind of leaned out or in a uh, uncomfortable position. And I think for what we're doing and the training that we're, you know, what, what we're gearing up for, that's something that I, I've not done at home so much. And then like John said, all that back and forth and back and forth, getting your heart rate up, um, was good. I think, you know, overall it's just knowing your capabilities, you know, you can know your equipment all day long, but if you don't make the shot, then Right. You know, that's where it changes. So I think that that was my main takeaway from it. So I guess the, and, and to the whole foot on the cone thing, I could see if it was for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you know, it's some huge right. tournament or, or competition, but it's not. So, I mean, why walk all the way up that mountain? And if you don't feel comfortable making that exact shot, but yet you're still preparing for stuff, you know, don't take the shot, move a little two feet to the left and you have a much better shot. Okay. You know, it's, go, st- it's still a challenging shot, you know. It all goes back to being ethical hunters. You know what I'm saying? How many of those shots wouldn't we have taken? Realistically, in real life, we would not have taken that shot. We would have waited 
or whatever, you know what I mean? Maybe not got the shot, you know, but I'm just saying, it's it's all in what you perceive, you know what I mean? It's your perception of what's going on up there. It's a it's a great challenge. I, I loved it. And I've done it for two years, and I'm glad, you know, that my family does it with me. I, I enjoyed it. A uh, little bit heavy on the on the weight yet, you know, but I'm, I'm still going to cut that down. So takeaways from this year's challenge versus last year. Oh, 100%. It's like, you know, I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed it last year, you know. But this year is fantastic. It's uh but but some of the shots like I said, they when they say challenge, you know, eh, not so much, you know what I mean? It's like when when somebody can stick a couple of arrows in the maple tree, you know, on one <laughs> shot, you know, you know, 50 Well, that bucks, was part of the fun of it too bucks. though. We had a lot of laughs. Oh, we did, you know. <laughs> But I mean, it's still money. You know what I mean? They, they heard a saying, lot of wilderness you know, up there. Yeah, there's a few and, trees uh, that may have, you know, may have perished in that. Uh, it was pretty thick, was, though. I mean, it wasn't it was, like they. It was, a, it was a great time. I enjoyed every minute of it. Believe me. So, Chris, for you, what you what you take away from the weekend? Huge confidence builder for one. Um, it's it's really going to push me to try harder for next year to push myself to to get better at not only shooting but just believing in myself and the and the confidence is there that i can shoot that far so granted my equipment right now you know i can't shoot quite as far as you guys but over the next year or two i I will be able to and and i'm coming back i know that now on that on that note did do you think it's going to change the way that you view uh deer hunting or those shots or are you still going to stick to the same and and when it goes to deer hunting i I still think you have to take somewhat of a different aspect and a different look at it. Foam is not going to move. You know, what, whatever right. you're shooting, that foam's not, it's not going to take a step. It's not going to do this. It's not. So, yes, be confident in the way you're going to shoot and, and know your equipment and everything else. But you have to take a little bit different look at, at, at killing an animal. You know, I, I almost think you can psych yourself out by thinking of too much going through the brain as to where, once you shoot enough and you know, you look at this, you got to make sure your anchor's right. You got to make sure all this, well, it should become second nature to a point to when you're hunting to not over psych yourself out. You know, and I think that's what a lot of problems of people have. They just, they overthink the shot that they're, they're actually going to take on an animal. But what you're saying though, is you're still, you're still range is going to be limited. Oh, you're not yeah, going to take a shot I, at no, a, yeah, yeah, a deer for, at 60 yards. 100%. Oh, no. and, and even though I know I can shoot an arrow at 60 yards, I still don't think I would be, feel comfortable shooting a live animal at sixty yards. There's right. no way. You could kill them, though. I, I probably could. I, you it, could. You know, I know. And, you know. That's the thing. You have that confidence, but you're not going to take that into the into the woods. Well, I guess you. now, on the other hand, though, that makes it even harder. Because <laughs> if Bullwinkle's standing there at sixty yards, and he ain't well, coming any closer. You, then it's you like you know you're going like if you get him with your rangefinder, you know, he's fifty five. I'm going to shoot. Guess, you know, it all I depends guess, on the, here's it all depends on the scenario too. Every Every hunting scenario is different. Yes. So, one hundred percent. If a if a buck comes in and he's all alert and he he knows right. something's up, then yeah, it wouldn't even be for me. Wouldn't even be a question. No. Now, if a buck comes walking through at fifty fifty five yards and he is completely clueless, looking clueless, around, calm, you know. and I know it, I have a good shot opportunity. Now. In that scenario, I probably would take it. That's the thing. Your capability now, the elk, is there. Like, 
the, one of my favorite shots up there was on the locals course. It was what, like a 52 yard 52 shot. 52 yards. Yeah. We were up on the edge of a hill. It was a pretty good downslope and it was set up perfect. Like it's walking down a two track. There's right. a, there's a, a wallow there. And it was, I could picture that happening where we're going. Absolutely. And, and that was an awesome shot. We I, smoked them too, didn't we? Yeah, we all. I mean, I guess it would depend too on what type of animal you're shooting too. If right. you're shooting an elk at 50 yards, it's got to be a little bit different than shooting oh, yeah. a whitetail oh, at 50 yeah. yards. Oh, exactly. Well, you, know, you know, you get a little bit more to aim at than you do at a whitetail. Yeah, I just like I said, I I w- I just asked you that follow up question because I want you said, well, my confidence and you know I could shoot and I just wanted to see where your head was at as far as once again, like Johnny said, it, it would definitely depend on the situation. You have to still be able to read that situation and and. Take the shot you feel comfortable in taking, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the difference between confidence and overconfidence right. or blind confidence. 100%. Right. Exactly. Just yeah. because you know your bow can shoot 100 yards does not mean you should yeah. go out and try to shoot every animal at your 100 capability. yards. You have to stay within your capability, I think. You know. So my takeaway was, for one, the conditioning factor. I know I've got – I definitely have some some work to do. And I've been – you know, at first – when we first started talking about it, I was gung-ho, and then I, I've – definitely been battling some issues with my knee and i actually have an appointment with my family doctor in july and i think i'm going to call him in the morning and try to get in a little earlier and maybe see if i get in for an mri or something because there's definitely something wrong going downhill was killing me uh but the rest of that i mean yeah i just got to keep working on the conditioning part getting uh my endurance down the other thing though was the equipment like i know I love that quiver, but you got to double check all of your equipment, especially before you walk into the hunting woods. I know, was it the second day or the third day? We went out to the practice range. Oh, yeah. And well, I, it was after the, so we had gone on the, John, John had said, he, you know, we geared up and we went on that hike to hunt. Oh, that's well, right. Well, our, our bows were in our, on our packs and we cinched them all down and everything. Well, John had to adjust his quiver. To right. put it in his in his pack. So with that, with the way that dovetail works with that tight spot, is you can slide it closer to your bow. Well, when you do that with my setup, the one of the struts came in contact with with my drop away rest. It, not when it was not when it's sitting there. You know, like as you put it on, you can look at it. Oh, it's clearance. Well, as soon as you draw back and the lever arm comes up, it hit that strut. So we got to the after. We did the hike to hunt, and we went out to shoot the practice range. My first two arrows, I'm like, it was, what, a 38-yard shot? And I'm uh, like, you shot where'd the, that go? You shot the first one, and I didn't hear target. And I'm like, wow, he's he's really money. I'm like, what are you shooting no, at, the 180-yard target? <laughs> and then he's like, watch my arrow. And literally, when you shot again, I'm like, dude, you're like 15 feet under the target. Like, right. what happened? Yeah, so that was one. Of, I lost one of those. No, I found both those. We found both those arrows. But that then I looked. I'm like, well, that's it. The My... Rest wasn't coming all the way up to full, to the full upright position, so I was shooting down low. So had that been on an elk, had you know, that's just one a reminder. Shot one shot. One shot. only had. You're done. Uh, another equipment was yours. We were on the Sitka course, and all of a sudden, Adam gets a, a loud whack. And I'm like, well, what? that didn't sound right. And I think what happened, because we were talking about this earlier today, I think my belt actually got into the cam, and there's this crazy loud i mean the arrow just went into a blood well, changed things all together it never sounded like that and before. then the carbon rod for the right then you, you did it i'm like wait a minute 
pull that string back and let it go a little bit. And it'll check that. The string, but I, I the moved my quiver. Stopper, right? I right. mean, we are we are my quiver was a little bit loose, so I tightened yep. that up, and then nothing didn't nothing change. The bow was shooting on, but there was still a vibration, and it was the the rod for the the string stop. The, the string damp, yeah, right. string stop. Yep. I I actually think though that when you did that, that that belt was in that. The cam thread. In the cam. Luckily, we didn't derail it. Let, yeah, it didn't get get between the you know the cam and the. But that's all know. part of that's the stuff that I took away from it is make sure. Right. I mean, oh, that's yeah. what we're there for: test our equipment, right? You know, and so I'll I'll know to make sure that I have the clearance. I'll probably I might even do something with that where it can't. Could, you know, could be uh, animal of a lifetime for anybody, and just make sure that you're, you know, you're. Your stuff is working up to its capability. Make sure there's no loose ends on right, the pack or exactly. your, the camelback or anything. You know, make any sure, of that. You make know? sure you know, especially walking up and down there, being fatigued like you guys are going to be. Right. You know, constantly taking a drink or doing something else. Make sure everything goes back to a tucked up spot where. Well, that and the other thing too is like bending uh, over and we stuff. We did it, you know, throughout the whole weekend. We'd range, and we we know that. Our rangefinders are about two to three that's yards off. That's important too. I think that's very important. That Huge. if two guys are Huge. hunting together, you know, make right. sure your rangefinders. You know, you know if yours is one one more than his or whatever. You, you know, know, mine mine ranges two very, yards right farther than his. Yeah. So they're so very very important. So that's you know? that was one thing that we consistently did at every you know, target. The up and downhill thing's going to be the same, but well, or within. Yeah. So. That's my take on it. I mean, it was a great weekend. It was, we, we had three or four different rangefinders, didn't we? Yeah. All weekend. And they all gave us different right. readings. That's and the they were all the, you know, the angle ones and everything, you know. So, very important to do that, I think. But, yeah, if you get a chance to, to do one of the total archery challenges and it's in your area, and, you know, even if it's not, I mean, the amount of people that we met from Wisconsin or, you know, I talked to a guy from St. Louis, like there was just people traveling from all over to go to this thing because it is such a, an amazing event. And, you know, people were asking me like that don't hunt or aren't into archery or or whatever, like, so how'd you do? Good luck. Like, are you going to win? And then I'm like, well, it's not like that. It's like, it's just it's like function. going, it's just, a, it's just going to, like, yeah, it's, it's going like playing golf time, essentially. You know? right. So, your equipment, you know? but it's, it's unlike anything you're, you're going to be able to do. I mean, they don't, they don't offer 3d courses like this, no. you know, that are open all year round or anything like that. So this is just an opportunity to go out, challenge yourself, have some fun and, you know, actually shoot those distances on a course set up by people that go out and hunt, you know, Western style hunting. And then even on the locals course, a lot of those shots weren't shots that I would see, you know. Right. There were well, some and steep that was angles. the other thing, like the locals course course was the closest to my range and there was some more difficult shots on that than there were oh, on yeah. any of the other ones. Most most right. difficult there was, actually. Yeah, there was a lot of tight shots. Tight shots debris in the way or right. you know shooting. always there was always debris shooting through trees and stuff always but, debris but that said anyone that goes to these it's a fun shoot so you don't have to have your foot on the cone no. you can go no. out 
Make and it what you, you want. And if if you don't want to risk a twenty dollar arrow, exactly. then you can walk up to a range that you know that you're comfortable Help at. So you don't have to shoot the buffalo at 120 yards. You can walk up make, and shoot the shot at 60 yards. So, make the shot what you want. Make so it whatever have fun you're with it. With. Definitely. Then it's a great. I know that there's actually guys that from Michigan that wanted to sign up that couldn't get in to like the Saturday shoot. So those right. guys actually left and went to Pennsylvania, went to the Pennsylvania shoot. So. Yeah, so if you get a chance, sign up. You're definitely going to want to go. But, you know, like John said, I mean, heck, we had signed up long ago as soon as it came out or registration was open, like the early registration. February, was it? But we signed up later for Chris, and we he couldn't shoot on Saturday. So Friday and Sunday, we're usually open. a little bit more open and like last year i went up there only on saturday and i think a lot i think saturday is the big day and i think if they were from what the lady was telling you it was only like 700 shooters or something right. per course or, or something like that because she had said there's already 700 people signed up you can't add another one right so that was the cutoff period uh, yeah. i think but for, if you, the, for the starting that's they limited it it's like 700 people Right. For the four courses, and then after your your knock time, yeah, after right. one o'clock, then right. you can go and start and any, yeah, any course. Can, anybody can shoot. So, so definitely, if there's one in your area or one you know that's within a reasonable driving distance, definitely um, check it out. But I think that's pretty much all we've got for uh, this episode. So I just want to thank Chris for you know giving his insight from uh, you know the the regular guy regular guy perspective because we're not anything special but we definitely have a little bit more i don't know move towards right now. archery uh we're a little bit further down the rabbit hole as i said so you know thanks chris for for showing up today and well, i hope uh, you had a good time i had a great time thank you for having me on on here and uh i just want to say happy father's day if hey. it wasn't if it wasn't for the guy sitting right here you know i wouldn't know most of the stuff that i i know today you know and it I guess over the years, uh, the stuff that he taught me, I'm, I'm, we're both finding out now. It, we might have picked up on some bad habits throughout the past of things that right. you learned, you know, way back in the day. And, and, you know, it's a learning experience. It's a learning curve every time. But if I wouldn't have learned those things, I would have been a lot further off than somebody just starting off today anyway. So, and, and I thank you very much for uh, teaching me all that. Appreciate it, son. Yeah. Thanks to all the fathers out there. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure to check out our social media and uh, check out the giveaway that we've got going on. So, thanks a bunch. See Bye. You later.